good. I did see it. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I, war- I warned you about it. Yeah. 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 I, um, I told I told her don't watch it with your parents. We're <laughs> gonna watch it. It was like my dad's reading it, and he's like reading, reading, and then all of a sudden it gets kind of quiet, and he's like, maybe this isn't a movie for us. <laughs> nope. 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 Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Nerds Inc. podcast. My name is Skyler. I'm a Chicago-based actor and your co-host. And I am Gary. I am founder and creator of Divergent Comics and the other co-hosts. And with us today is a very special guest, longtime friend of the show, Christy Shu. Christy, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me back. Not a problem. We're very happy to have you with us. Uh, Longtime listeners, you'll remember Christy was on with us almost a year ago when we discussed the 2023 Oscar winners. And today we're lucky enough to have her back with us to discuss the nominees for the 2024 Oscars. And then we'll have her back on again to discuss the winners after the Oscars uh, later on next month in March. So very happy to have you with us, Christy. Um, And let's go ahead and jump in. All right. So what we're going to be talking about today is just kind of like a highlight of some of the different nominees. These are some of the major categories. They're certainly not all of the categories, but we are going to be talking about Best Supporting Actor and Actress, Best Actor and Best Actress, uh, Animated Feature Film, Cinematography, Best Director, and of course, the creme de la creme, what everyone always waits for best picture aka best movie right right it's all subjective but we love it (laughs) (laughs) um and then we'll also discuss some snubs because i'm sure um we all have our own individual people who we wish were nominated that weren't so we'll talk about that um great so let's go ahead and briefly run through our supporting actors so this is actor in a supporting role gary you want to go ahead and read us off yep so the nominees for actor in a supporting role. Uh, we have uh, Sterling K. Brown in American Fiction. Uh, we have Robert De Niro in Killers of the Flower Moon. Robert Downey Jr. in Oppenheimer. Ryan Gosling in Barbie. And then Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. Okay. Christy, what are your thoughts on these supporting actor nominees? So I have seen three of these movies um, and I really liked the Ryan Gosling got his nomination. I think he deserved it. I think it was an excellent portrayal of Ken and it exceeded my expectations. Um, And then I think also Robert Downey Jr. was fantastic in Oppenheimer. Um, he just kind of blew me away after having seen him for years in Marvel films. So that's kind of what I was thinking. And I've also seen Mark Ruffalo in Poor Things. And that was a very different performance for him. I don't know if you guys have seen that movie. <laughs> I haven't yet, no. You know, me either. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I've heard it is a very disturbing film. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Um, it's very graphic in quite a few ways. Um, yes. And so it's, it's different role for him also, but 
I think I think Robert Downey Jr. is going to be walking away with it this time. Okay, so that would be your pick out of yeah. the, the candidates. Very nice, very nice. Interesting. Gary, what are your thought of these nominees and who would you pick as your winner? Um, so, so far, I have to say I've only seen one, and that was uh, Barbie. Um, I will say Poor Things was on my list of movies to watch because, for one, William Dafoe is in it. Like, how can you not get excited for William Dafoe? Um, but two, like, the, the concept seemed pretty interesting enough. Uh, so I was like, okay, I'm gonna watch that for sure. Um, but honestly, if I had to pick just off of a gut feeling, I would want to go with Sterling Brown just because I hear his performance in American fiction is just breathtaking. And so that's actually the first movie I plan on watching on this list of Oscar nominees, uh, to kind of catch up on it. And I'm hoping that, you know, his performance does blow me away. Okay. Uh, as for myself, uh, like you, Christy, I have seen only three of these <laughs> out of this list. Uh, I've seen Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Barbie. Um, Robert De Niro, um, I, he is a, a powerhouse and he's so talented. This movie, I, I don't know, I wasn't really feeling his performance for Killers of the Flower Moon. Uh, same thing with Leo. I just, I felt like this was, um, I mean, we're going to talk about, uh, I believe it's Lily Gladstone uh, later. Um, I believe that's her name. Yeah. <laughs> We're going to talk about her soon. Uh, I really thought that she was the powerhouse of this film. So uh, as far as Robert De Niro, um, I, I don't know. I just, I'm not feeling it for him with this. As far as American fiction goes, that is definitely high up on my list. Um, uh, mostly, uh, to see, um, uh, Jeffrey Wright, uh, who's one of my favorite actors. Um, and so I definitely want to see it because of him. So Sterling K Brown, I'm sure did a fantastic job. So that is probably out of the f films I have not seen. I'll probably see American fiction before poor things. I'll just say that. <laughs> as far, right. Um, Ryan Gosling being nominated for Barbie was a bit of a surprise for me. I thought he was definitely a standout in the film and it was, it was like a role that we've never seen from him and he had a lot of fun with it. So I'm happy he got nominated. It was just something I wasn't expecting for his character. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a great opportunity though. Um, but yeah, I think I'm going to have to agree with you, uh, Christy. I think this is going to be Robert Downey Jr.'s year for Oppenheimer. He was just absolutely fantastic in the role and kind of coming off of that huge Marvel, you know, over a decade of, of doing Iron Man. I think this was a great kind of post MCU role for him. Yeah, definitely. Nice. Uh, but yeah, I will see poor things eventually. I just don't know if I'm going to get to it. I've just, I've heard so many things, uh, if you've seen, you know, poor things, certainly let us know what you thought. But I don't know. I've, I've heard some things. I've heard oh some yes, things. I. Uh, <laughs> we can talk about it now. Or we can talk about it. <laughs> no, please, let's talk about it. What? What have you? What? What, what would it's, you pass on to those that haven't seen it? Yeah, it's written. Um, it's written well, and it's beautiful. The cinematography is beautiful. Uh, it's very graphic sexually. That's what I heard. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I didn't hear that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, uh, very. And that almost to the point where it takes away from the film. Mm. Oh, okay. I hate that. Okay. It's almost so unnecessary in parts that it kind of draws you out of this really cool story of if Frankenstein's monster was a girl. Mm -hmm. Or a woman. 
what would yeah. that what would that be? So that was my thoughts. <laughs> and we will continue to talk about this because uh, Poor Things is nominated in several categories. Several categories. <laughs> uh, moving on then to uh, actor in a leading role. Our nominees are Bradley Cooper and Maestro, Coleman Domingo and Rustin, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers, Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer, and Jeffrey Wright in American Fiction. Christy, what are your thoughts on these nominees? Okay, I have seen three of these. Um, I've seen Bradley Cooper in Maestro, and it's a really good role for him. Um, the storyline is a little bit wonky, and yeah. the picture itself is a little bit wonky. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very different. Uh, but his performance is, is really, really good. I think that um, I wouldn't mind seeing him win. I don't know that he will, but I do. I, I wouldn't mind. Um, Paul Giamatti in The Holdovers is Paul Giamatti being directed by Alexander Payne again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> that says enough. <laughs> it's it's a great performance, don't get me wrong. Um, but it's very, in my opinion, very sideways. Mm. Um and then Killian Murphy in Oppenheimer. He just he said so much without ever saying very much. Mm. And the way he was able to convey that was so beautiful mm-hmm. that um I want to see him win. Yeah, that's my guess, my prediction. Very nice. Gary, what are your thoughts on these nominees and who is your favorite to win? Um, So this is actually the one list that I haven't seen any of them. But um, I will say you got uh, Killian Murphy back with Christopher Nolan in a big blockbuster movie. Sign me up for that every day of the week. Um, so yeah, um, I feel like this is going to be definitely one of those uh, moments where we get to see uh, a deserving actor take home an award for a very deserving role. Um, I don't like to, I haven't seen this yet, but just from the little bit I have seen, um, I know he's doing phenomenal in the role. And plus, I mean, like I said, Killian Murphy, Christopher Nolan, it always works out. So that that's my guess. And, um, other than that, though, I do plan on watching all of these. I forgot all about Rustin. Um, that has me excited because I actually looked it up when I saw the nominees initially drop, and it looks pretty interesting, and it has a pretty good cast, even with Chris Rock in it, surprisingly. <laughs> oh, but, um, shots fired at Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm not a big Chris Rock fan. I have made okay. that known plenty of times to plenty of people, but yeah. Um First time yeah. on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That that is the first time I've said that on podcast. Yeah. So And now the world knows that Gary they does know. not like Chris Rock. Okay. No. I'm not a Chris Rock fan. No. Wow. <laughs> Chris Rock, you can you can find me. <laughs> oh, okay. So. Oh man. Uh wow. I don't I don't know how I'm supposed to follow that, Gary. That's so I gotta now I have to call out another actor. No, I'm kidding. Um uh, so yeah, out of these categories, uh, like you, Christy, again, I have seen three of these. I saw Maestro, The Holdovers, and Oppenheimer. Um, I love all of these actors. Like these are all fantastic. Uh, Christy, we recently talked a few weeks ago about Coleman Domingo rumored to maybe replace Jonathan Majors as Kang in the MCU, mm. and 
was so excited to hear that that is being rumored. It hasn't obviously nothing official yet, but I would love that casting and to see that he's nominated and uh, as an actor in a leading role is great. And I think that that just kind of fuels the fire, hopefully for Disney hopefully. to make the right choice because we don't want to see them throw out that character. We would rather see them recast it. Okay. Um, and as far as Bradley Cooper, I actually just saw Maestro last night to try to prep a little bit more for this. And um, I agree with you. It felt very much like it reminded me like in nowhere the story is similar. I want to preface that. But it reminded me of The Whale in the sense that the story and I felt like The Whale had a little bit more of a punch last year with Brendan Fraser. But as far as like the story is just kind of like meh, but it's all a you know, actor vehicle star. Right. Mm. And Bradley Cooper, this is the second time that he has directed himself into a, a Oscar nominated uh, category. So That's he did it for a star is born um, mm-hmm. and he's doing it again. Uh, although uh, Christy, uh, if you can remind me, did you, did, was he nominated for best actor in a star is born or supporting? Best actor. It was best mm. actor. Okay. So he's nice. done it twice. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> Twice, which is yeah. It's like I think I think we're we're starting to dissent something that he's like. I know my shot. I know my angles. So shout out to Bradley Cooper. That is cool. Um, right. But yeah, I thought I thought he was fantastic um, as a Leonard Bernstein. Uh, like he really lost himself in that role. He apparently prepped for that role for over six years. Which it's like you know, Christy, can you imagine doing double the grad school for one role? Like I just. I could not imagine spending six years on a roll. Um, Yeah. So I I, want to see Coleman Domingo and Rustin. I definitely want to see Jeffrey Wright in American fiction. My heart really wants Jeffrey Wright to win this. It really, really does. But I haven't seen American fiction. So that's just my heart speaking. Uh, Paul Giamatti. I got to talk about this for a second. So I loved, (laughs) I absolutely loved the holdovers. I, I loved it. It was a very simple script, but it was so beautiful and heartfelt and just fantastic performances. Paul Giamatti was like the third best actor in that film. Wow. Easily. And he wasn't one or two. <laughs> he was the third best actor. <laughs> um, I, I like P- Paul Giamatti. I like Paul Giamatti. But so Dominic Sessa, who played Angus Tully, this was his first movie. Like they literally like plucked him out of like acting school. And this was the first movie he ever got to do starring opposite of Paul Giamatti. And I thought that Dominic Sessa was fantastic. And he should have been nominated in Paul Giamatti's place. Just my thought. Mm. Just my thought. I know we're going to talk about snubs a little bit later, but as far as like Paul Giamatti gets nominated a lot for a lot of things, this wasn't his best work. I would have put um, Dominic Sessa if we're going to nominate anyone, you know, other than, you know, for, for uh, a leading actress. So yeah, that would have been my pick. Um, wow. I agree with you though, Christy. I think it is going to go to Killian uh, because he was fantastic in Oppenheimer. Um, he said very, very little, but it was all in the eyes. Um mm-hmm. I'm not a huge fan of Oppenheimer itself. It was just a ridiculously long film. And when I saw it, like I felt all three of those hours. So we're going to talk mm. about this more with best picture, but I wasn't a huge fan of Oppenheimer. Um, but as far as performances go, I think it's going to be Killian Murphy though. I want Jeffrey Wright to win. So. <laughs> okay. And how do we feel about, we don't think that Leonardo DiCaprio was technically snubbed. No. no. Oh, I don't. You know how much I love Leonardo DiCaprio, Christy. Yeah, I've said I, it multi- I, I've said it to you like a million times <laughs> uh, when we were in school together, but I've also said it several times here on the podcast. He's one of my favorites. I don't think he did anything all that special in, uh, in Killers okay. of the Flower Moon. Okay. I haven't seen it yet because uh, yeah. it's 
like four hours long. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's it's three and a half hours. It's stupid long. Martin Scorsese, it's like he's like pushing his limits with every single one of like his last two films because The Irishman was like three and a half hours as well. And mm-hmm. now this one is three and a half. And I'm just like, all right, dude, seriously, we get it. You love cinema, but like, come on. <laughs> like, let, let's pick up the pace, you know, let, let, let's pick up the cues. Come on. Yeah. Right. <laughs> no, Martin Scorsese is like, this is the director's cut. <laughs> you get, I don't. I, I think he goes to the studios and he just says, "Like you're not going to edit my film. I'm Martin fucking Scorsese." Yeah, I mean, <laughs> would you want to be the executive that says, "Yeah, I'm going to cut out an hour of Scorsese's movie"? Like, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. apparently when when they shopped around the film, he ended up getting like a two hundred million dollar budget. And when he shopped around the film, like he shopped it to like Paramount and like all these other studios, and they're like two hundred million dollars for for that? No, we're not going to give you that. And so he brought it to Apple, and you know Tim Cook's is Mr. Moneybags, and he's like, "We're a trillion dollar company, take it." Right. And so they did. <laughs> but you know, just a little tidbit there. <laughs> Shaking my head. That's good to know. <laughs> right. Moving on to actress in a supporting role, Gary. Who are our nominees? So our nominees are Emily Blunt in Oppenheimer, Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple, America Ferrara in Barbie, Jodie Foster in Nyad, and Divine Joy Randolph in The Holdovers. Christy, okay. what are your thoughts? I have seen all of these. Oh, nice. Yes. So... <laughs> I am this category. Um, this category I felt strongly about. So I was really happy to see Emily Blunt nominated. Like we said, you know, not a lot of talking, just a great emoting with the eyes. Um, let's see. Danielle Brooks in The Color Purple just broke my heart. Mm. Um, it's a re not a remake i'm sorry it's a um take on the musical mm-hmm. um that is based on the original movie that is based on a book <laughs> <laughs> i'm pretty sure yeah so <laughs> um she was great now america ferrera was also excellent in barbie and so this was a surprise for me I was not expecting mm. her to be nominated, but it was a very welcome, welcome surprise. Um, because I think that she was very good in Barbie, um, but I didn't know if it was really Oscar worthy. Clearly, I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so the uh, but her her monologue on Mother is just, is just beautiful. Yeah. Um, so Jodie Foster, have you guys seen this movie? Uh, Nyad, no, I haven't. Not, not yet. Okay. Um, it's really good. It is just a straight actor's acting movie. Um, nice. Between her and Annette Bening, it's just it's just great. It's um, almost kind of like a master class in it. It's, really, it's a really great movie on acting. Um, and then Divine Joy Rudolph, Randolph, excuse me, um, in The Holdovers is just excellent. Um, <laughs> like you said, um, she was probably the best actor in that wow. movie. Easily. Wow. But, so, um, she, she's great. I, 
I think we're going to be seeing her around a lot. Yes. Um, so I'd like to see Emily Blunt win for Oppenheimer. Um, because I think, I think divine joy Randolph is, was great, but I think we're going to be seeing her around and I think she's going to be on this list again, um, either here or in best actress easily. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd, I'd like to see Emily Blunt win, even though they're both first time nominees, I'd like to see Emily Blunt take it home. Okay. That's Makes fair. Sense. Gary, what are your thoughts? Uh, I have to echo Christy's sentiments about Divine Joy, though. Um, I just looked her up on IMDb, and she's also in Rustin, from what I see. And so I believe Christy's right. We're going to see Divine Joy on this list probably plenty more times in the future. Um, this is one of those lists, again, that I've only seen one in. Uh, again, that was Barbie. Uh, America Ferrara, she did really well. Um, I didn't think, honestly, she was scene-stealing. Um, I will say I feel like her monologue on motherhood was probably what got her the nomination because that was full of emotion and you could tell like that came from her. Like that wasn't, I don't feel like that was just something that was just written on a page. It was just her speaking. That would um, probably be the Oscar clip, to be honest. That's most it. likely. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I mean, I'm a big Emily Blunt fan. I can't deny it. I love Emily Blunt. <laughs> um, I also love John Krasinski. So, you know, it, it factors. Match made in heaven. Exactly. Um, I also think that just based off of what I've looked up about Niad, um, Jodie Foster most likely did really well. So I can't wait to watch that and see her performance. Uh, but if I had to pick right now, just going off of my gut, I would have to go with Emily Blunt. Um, but I'm going to hold out at least room for Jodie Foster to win me over. All right. So out of all of these, I have seen three. I've seen Oppenheimer, uh, Barbie, and The Holdovers. I really want to see The Color Purple because the musical adaption looks amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Nyad was something that kind of just kind of, you know, uh, kind of came out of left field for me. I, I didn't even hear of the film, so I need to watch it because I do <laughs> I do love Jodie Foster. I'm currently watching Jodie Foster in uh, season four of True Detective, and she mm. is so good in True Detective. So I, I love me some Jodie Foster. Um, so I definitely want to see her in that. Um, this is tough because I thought Emily Blunt was fantastic in Oppenheimer. Uh, Daniel Brooks, I'm sure, is phenomenal in The Color Purple. America Ferrera, I think, is the odd person out for me out of this list, if I'm going to be honest. Not mm-hmm. saying that anyone doesn't deserve to be nominated because they do. It was just surprising to me, as it was, I think, to, to both of you <laughs> that she was nominated. Um, but, you know, happy for her because America Ferrera is very, very talented. Um, this is going to be a tough list for me to judge on where the Academy is going to go. Because as we know, in recent years, they've brought on like tons and tons of new voters. So they're not, they're not just like the crusty old white people anymore. They got a lot of people of color, a lot of younger voters that vote differently because in the past, right, this award would have gone to Jodie Foster. It's like, well, Jodie's been in, in the Academy now <laughs> since the seventies. We're going to vote for Jodie. She deserves it. She's been here a long time. <laughs> Different now, right? Right? Right. No, like, I think you could agree, Christy. <laughs> it's like, it's all about tenure. How long have you been with us? Um, yeah. That's not happening anymore. We're seeing, you know, you know, children win it and, and, and people that have never acted before win it. So 
I, for that, this could be a wild card category for me, honestly. My heart says I want to see Divine Joy Randolph win it because, once again, she was fantastic in the holdovers. She has two uh, scene-stealing moments, uh, two scene-stealing mm. monologues, uh, you know, and her emotion – like when she gets choked up, I got choked up and I'm like, what the hell is happening? <laughs> you know, like it was just, it affected my entire body. It was very visceral. And mm. for that reason, like I didn't get that feeling from Barbie. I didn't get that feeling from Oppenheimer. Um, but Emily Blunt was very, very talented. I think if, if I'm being honest, I could see Emily Blunt winning. I can see Jodie Foster winning for, you know, maybe those older voters kind of get their nudge in and say, no, Jodie's winning. But my my heart wants uh, Divine Joy Randolph to win it, so I hope she does. All like right, it. moving. Real on. quick, yeah. Um, did, if you weren't going to put America Ferrera in there, who would you have put in her spot? Because um, I have a couple snubs, and so I was curious. Ooh, that's a good question. Um, good question. I'm trying to think what I saw last year. You know. It bothers me. I, I, maybe they should have their own category. And, and Gary and I have talked about this. It bothers me that voice actors aren't nominated for these categories. I get. I know why. where you're going with this. I get why. But I thought, and this is, I know it's a blockbuster. We're going to talk about it for animated film. But yes. yes, I really wanted Haley Steinfeld to be nominated for Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. Oh, interesting. I'm going complete left field. Christy's yeah. like, what are you yeah. talking about? I'm going I'm way left field right not now. Not expecting that. So Haley Steinfeld was amazing as um, Gwen Stacy in Across the Spider-Verse. Okay. Okay, interesting. Yeah, I like that. Is, Gary, is that where you thought I was going with it? That's exactly where I thought you were going. Yes, <laughs> we're, we're right here. We're right here. Yeah, we are. Because, I mean, she really was amazing, honestly. Yeah. Gary, who would you replace America Ferrera with? Since we're all just piling on America Ferrera, who would you replace her with? <laughs> well, no, I, no I, I know you're not doing that, Christy. You're not doing that. But we're all like, come on, someone else. <laughs> so that's tough because like, I didn't really watch a lot of you know new releases last year like I wanted to. Um, I would probably just jump on that bandwagon with Haley, Haley Steinfeld. Um just because I felt like her performance was really good. She kind of carried the movie for the most part. Yeah. Um, it really yeah. was basically a Gwen Stacy movie. So yeah, I, I would definitely want her, would have wanted to see her in there. Christy, we might have to do a part two of, do you think voice actors are real actors? Cause we did an episode for that last year. Mm. And I would have, I would have loved to have, have heard your opinion on that because we had a whole debate. Oh yeah. Okay. We definitely have to have Christy back for that. Oh no, yeah. because People, people don't. I don't think they value voice actors as as much as like you know live performance. So no, no. But, yeah. I don't think I would totally agree with that. Yeah. So unfortunately, they're not nominated. But <laughs> <laughs> moving on to actress in a leading role, our nominees are Annette Benning for Nyad, Lily Gladstone in Killers of the Flower Moon, Sandra Huller for Anatomy of a Fall, Carrie Mulligan for Maestro. And Emma Stone for Poor Things. This is a stacked nominee category. Wow. Kristen, what do you think? I couldn't agree more because um, I have three snubs in this oh. category. Yeah. Okay. That should be here. <laughs> I agree with you. I, I know at least one. <laughs> so there's like eight that should be in this group here. 
Yes. Um, okay. So Annette Benning again, that is just a movie that is all about acting and all about playing the character and being one with the character. It's really great. Um, but I have not seen Killers of a Flower Moon, but I have heard that she is just utterly phenomenal and carries the movie. Um, I have not seen Anatomy of a Fall. I have seen Maestro, and I thought Carrie Mulligan, this is a surprise to me for her to be in here, to be honest. She was good, um, but I thought Margot Robbie was better. Mm. And uh, I don't know if y'all are going to agree with that, but Margot Robbie should be in this Mm-hmm. in here somewhere um i did, did either of you see may december i have not no okay it is um it's a movie with julianne moore and natalie portman mm. and um it was getting a lot of oscar buzz out of the film festival network but it only got original screenplay here so it was snubbed in like four or five different categories but Natalie Portman is like phenomenal in that movie. Um, and then, but I, you know what? I think because Margot Robbie is not in this category, I would choose Emma Stone to win again. <laughs> yeah, because she um, has won previously, right? She has. She won for La La Land. That's right. Yes, right. yes, yes. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, Emma Stone was really really good um in poor things again it was really graphic but she really kind of um was able to keep the keep you drawn in even though you really didn't want to be in there so (laughs) kind of like that so um i would say i would say emma stone is going to win again Nice. Gary, to really disturb you and everyone, the uh, phrase that I heard uh, for you know um, her character and poor things is "think sex puppet." That that's literally yes. what I heard. Um, <laughs> yes. So if, yes. if you haven't seen Poor Things, that yeah. is what happens to Emma that's, Stone. That is from what I've heard. That is terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's. I would agree with that. Yeah. And I love oh, Emma Stone, man. so that's that's the worst, right? Jeez. Oh, all right. Now that we've we've lost all of our listeners. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, Gary, what are your thoughts on the category? Um Yeah, this is one I've not seen any of these. Um I would say of the ones that I you know, I've heard of, you know, I've heard about poor things a little bit. Not didn't hear any of the stuff that you guys are bringing up. So this is very I'm slowly turning me. Gary off from ever seeing poor <laughs> He's things. He's like, not like to- at this point, but um, I've heard pretty good things about uh, Lily Gladstone. Uh, Skylar, you and I talked after you watched it and you talked about her performance in the film a lot. And honestly, that made me want to watch it even more. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if she won just based off of what I've heard. Um, and I actually, I plan on watching Killers of the Flower Moon tomorrow night, um, which we're recording on a Wednesday before uh, this episode drops. So by the time this episode comes out, we'll have seen Killers of the Flower Moon. And hopefully I would have seen uh, Maestro um, by this time as well and get to see if Carrie Mulligan actually did her part from what I hear. 
But yeah, I'd probably go with Lily Gladstone for this one. Okay. All right. I like it. Uh, for me, um, out of this list, obviously you've seen Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, um, and those are really the only two uh, that I've seen. So uh, Emma Stone, I absolutely love Emma Stone, and I, I want to see poor things just for her. As much as I enjoy Mark Ruffalo, Emma Stone, from what I've heard, kind of carries that film, and you've kind of mm. also solidified that, Christy. So I definitely want to see her performance in that. Um as far as Maestro, I, I can think of one particular scene towards the end of the film without spoiling um, that I think is going to be uh, the Oscar bait uh, that got Carrie Mulligan into this category. So I understand why she was nominated. Let's be real. Um, okay. Anyone, I- any, you know what I'm talking about, Christy. I do. <laughs> anyone going through that, you know, that type of uh, event in their lives, um, you know, and then they do the close up shot on you. It's like, and the nominees are like every time I see that I'm like, yeah, yeah, you got it, uh-huh. you got, you got the shot. You don't need a real, you don't need to film a reel the rest of your career. You have your shot. Um, so I understand why she was nominated. She was very talented. Carrie Mulligan to me is always just like she's so whimsical. Ever since I've seen her in um, uh, The Great Gatsby. Where I'm just like, no, no, we really should go out to the car and enjoy the air. Like I can't, I can't see Carrie Mulligan as anything else, and it, it's so sad because she's a very talented actress. But I can only see her. <laughs> that's how that's how good she was in Great Gatsby. Yeah, but, she was. Uh, she's all smiles. I love Carrie Mulligan. Um, to me, uh, I still want to see Nyad. Haven't uh, seen Anatomy of the Fall. Don't really know much about it. Um, that said. All of these uh, actresses, I'm sure, are very, very talented. Um, we know that several of them are for a fact because we have seen them. Lily Gladstone, to me, I have not seen any of her work before I saw Killers of the Flower Moon, and I thought she stole this movie. It is a three-and-a-half-hour slog of a movie, but Lily Gladstone carries it on her back. She said, get on. I'm not even from the Osage Nation, but we're going to the Osage Nation today, and she does it. <laughs> She's so talented. Um, Yeah. And I mean, to me, as much as I enjoy Robert De Niro as an actor, as much as I enjoy Leonardo DiCaprio, um, you know, Brendan Fraser's small cameo in this that people are trashing, um, Jonathan Lithgow's uh, cameo in this that people are trashing. To me, Lily Gladstone was the heart and soul of this film. If Killers of the Flower Moon wins any awards, it needs to win this one. I don't know if it deserves to win any other awards, to be honest, even though it's Martin Scorsese. This is not his best work. But Lily Gladstone is. So I'm going Lily Gladstone all the way. I hope she wins it. And yeah, my opinion. We're on the Lily Gladstone bandwagon. We are on the Lily Gladstone bandwagon. <laughs> <She's so funny. laughs> I will have to watch. But Carrie Mulligan will win it one day. I think like you had mentioned for J- Divine Joy Randolph, I think that Carrie Mulligan is going to be nominated many more times before her career is over. Yes, I would agree with that. All right, so moving on now, we're doing a shift uh, before we get to uh, some of the more notable ones like uh, Best Director and Best Picture. We're going to talk a little bit about some animation because we are a nerds podcast. Gary and I do thoroughly enjoy animation. Christy, I know you enjoy some quality animation as well. Uh, Gary, what are our animated feature film nominees? So this was a pretty interesting list. So the nominees are... The Boy and the Heron, uh, Elemental, Uh, we have Nimona, and then Robot Dreams, 
And finally, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. <laughs> All right. Um, everyone that listens to this podcast knows exactly where Gary and mine's, mine's mind went. There we go. Yeah. Christy, what are your thoughts? So I, okay. <laughs> I've only seen one of these, unfortunately. Um, I've seen Elemental and I thought it was adorable. Um I thought it was like inside out for elements, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was that's what it reminded me of. It had a great storyline. I I enjoyed it. Um I have heard that this is pretty much a lock for the boy and the heron, which I think you guys are gonna disagree there. <laughs> we we might write. Yeah. I've I'm heard excited. the same thing though. <laughs> We're going to um, riot. Yeah, go, please, don't let me stop you. <laughs> Get out your pitchforks. <laughs> is, uh, as a question, is um, did either of you see Super Mario Brothers? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Do you think it should be in here? No. No. Okay. It was a good movie, but it it did. No. Okay, no. <laughs> I heard snub, and I was like, I disagree with that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Gary, what are your thoughts on the nominees? So, I was doing some research before we started recording, looking up all the different Oscar nominees, and I looked up this list. Um, Robot Dreams looks cute. It looks cute. Um. I haven't seen Elemental, but usually I try to steer away from the trailers. And the trailer for Elemental, unfortunately, played during a lot of movies when I went into the theaters last year. So I saw it and I was like, eh, okay, that's a movie. Um, I think The Boy and the Heron is probably going to win it just because I feel like the Academy just wants to stick a middle finger to superhero fans across the board as always but if we're being honest spider-man across the spider-verse <laughs> is probably the best animated movie to ever grace our screens i've seen the movie like four times since it's come out twice in theaters twice on netflix it is absolutely beautiful um there's always something small that you can pick up and whether it be the animation style because they do different animations for each of the spider people they do different animations for each of the worlds that you go to. The voice acting is phenomenal across the board from Shamik Moore to um, Haley Steinfeld. It's just a really entertaining and fulfilling movie. And I know the argument people are going to make. It's not a complete movie. It li- it ends on a cliffhanger. Shut so up. was Lord of the Rings. So was Lord of the Rings. Lord of the Rings so was Infinity the War. Oscars every year. Okay. <laughs> I'm just saying, like... That is a terrible argument to me. Like, what? Or the why, Godfather, the Godfather exactly. Part Two. Yeah. Why? Are, why are we making it a, a problem for a movie to end with a cliffhanger when you know that a sequel is coming from it and saying, "Oh, that's why the movie isn't good." Like, no, that is a bad argument. The writing was there, the character development was there, the tensions and the stake was there. Give this movie its awards. <laughs> I'm off my soapbox now. Wow, you sold me. I'm gonna watch that. <laughs> it is currently on Netflix, Christy, so it is. Okay. Get on it. No. Um, right, 
<laughs> Before I get on my soapbox, which you know is coming, um, I want to talk about some of these other uh, nominees. I haven't seen Robot Dreams. Uh, the films that I have seen are I, I have seen Elemental, I've seen Nimona, and I've seen Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. I want to talk about Nimona because I was completely not expecting this movie to be as good as it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, it features uh, Chloe Grace Mortez as Nimona yes, and Riz yes. Ahmed as uh, Ballister Boldheart. And I love mm-hmm. me some Riz Ahmed. I want to see him in everything, honestly, since I saw him in uh, Nightcrawler. And I love Chloe Grace Mortez uh, since I saw her in like, you know, Kick-Ass, the first one, when she's just like a little kid, just cussing up a storm. Um, so these are two very, very talented actors. And I was very surprised because this is a Netflix animated film that Netflix mm-hmm has really stepped up their animation game. Mm-hmm. Um, when you talk about like these days, we know that it's pretty much Pixar. It's, you know, which is Disney. And then we have what you have illumination, which they do the despicable me's and they do the super mm-hmm. Mario bros. And they're going to start doing all these Nintendo based characters right. now. Um, I'm glad to see some new skin in the game from, from Netflix and even from Sony uh, animation mm-hmm. that we're seeing with like across the spider verse. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm very happy just to see that it's nominated. I think it is worthy of that. Elemental, it was a very strong Pixar film. Not their best, but it was very strong. I like that it used like allegories for race, for cultural differences as far as the elements go and how they wove that into a love story because I did not expect this to be a love story. Mm. I think even when I saw the trailer, I'm like, oh yeah, because if you if you guys have noticed that lately Pixar has really been moving away from the love story trope. They've been mm-hmm. moving away from, oh, every female lead doesn't need to have a love interest like we've seen in Turning Red or stuff like that, right. um, that they've kind of veered away from that because they're like, we have told like 50 years worth of romance in our animation. We don't need to keep doing that. So the fact that Elemental kind of went back to that, but told it in a new way was very fresh. Mm-hmm. So I enjoyed that. But I think this is the year that Pixar doesn't win. We're used to Pixar pretty much sweeping this category every year. Mm-hmm. This I do not think is going to happen. I, I agree with you, uh, Christy. I think from the artistic elements and from kind of the niche animation, um, I can absolutely see The Boy and the Heron winning. I haven't seen it, but I can absolutely see that happening. Now, I'll get on my soapbox. <laughs> <laughs> Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, however, should win, and here's why. The film itself is literally like walking into an art museum and looking at art. It's like looking at a fucking painting. I've never seen cinematography like this in an animation style. The fact that they have multiple different animation styles, as you mentioned, Gary, for multiple different characters, how depending on what world you were in, because there are all these different universes, mm-hmm. it, it was it's like an animated version of um, um, everything, everywhere, all at once. It literally yeah. is that. It's, it's an yeah. animated version of that as far as how how rich and how different each world is. And I'm painting this picture mostly for you, Christy, because I know you haven't seen it yet. No, um, but there is there's there's moments where you're back in the Gwen Stacy universe, and just like her emotions change the backdrop where the the painting drips down in every scene. Mm-hmm. It's just gorgeous. The soundtrack is phenomenal. Metro Boomin yes. deserves. I don't know if he's nominated. I'll have to take a look here, but Metro Boomin should be nominated for doing that soundtrack, to be quite honest. He probably won't be, which is sad because I don't really know how the Academy feels about hip hop, but I'm sure it's not all that favorable. Uh, But Metro Boomin deserves to be nominated. Uh, So the music, cinematography, phenomenal. Haley Steinfeld's amazing. Um, 
uh, uh, who, who's the actor who plays uh, Miles? Oh my gosh, Shamik Moore. Shamik Moore, yes, Shamik Moore, amazing, emotional. There is so much said, and it's such a well-written script. It is mm-hmm. quite honestly one of the greatest animated films I've ever seen. I would de- definitely put it in my top five, as far as that goes, Gary. Um, yep. It is so much more than a superhero film, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And so I know the negative stigma towards big blockbusters in the Academy is that, well, yeah, it it sold a lot of tickets. You know, yeah, you know, you you made half a billion or a billion dollars off of it. But where's the art value? What, What larger story is it telling? And this is telling a story about family and about what you're willing to sacrifice for your family. Mm-hmm. And that oh. is so much larger than, oh, I'm going to go beat up this big bad guy. There's going to be a big explosion. This isn't right. Avengers Endgame. This isn't Avengers Infinity War. This isn't a just beat him up, rock him, sock him, Michael Bay explosions. This is more than that. Yeah. There is subtlety to it. Um, it's just, it, it's, it's beautiful. And I think it is really capitalized off of where the first one leaves off because this is meant to be a trilogy. So this Mm -hmm. is the second in a trilogy. And I think to me, like the two towers was for the Lord of the Rings, this is the two towers of that trilogy as far as scope, size, um, and script. So for that reason, I would compare the Spider-Verse trilogy, honestly, as as on the same quality of a Lord of the Rings animation that says a lot honestly and yeah. i will say that because you all know that lord of the rings is my favorite trilogy so it is quick point though before we go forward um yeah. metro boomin is not on any of the nominations so get out your yeah. pitch folks <laughs> that's that's my character apparently that i'm sticking with <laughs> um yeah so Metro Boomin, how dare they? Because he he's right. won where he's been nominated for a ton of Grammys. Come on, nominate him for sound design. Anyway, <laughs> yeah. moving on to our next category. I'm going to tuck my soapbox back underneath. <laughs> All right. <laughs> moving on to cinematography um, because you guys know how I feel about cinematography. I love me a pretty picture. So cinematography, mm-hmm. our nominees are uh, L. Cond for – okay, hold on. Okay, that's the film. Never mind. Hold on. El Cond is the film. The cinematographer is Edward Latchman. Killers of the Flower Moon by Rodrigo Pietro. Pito? I'm butchering these names. I apologize. Maestro <laughs> from Matthew Libetic. Libetuk. Oppenheimer. Oh, gosh. Oppenheimer is Hoyt Van Hoytema. Poor Things is Robbie Ryan. Christy, what are your thoughts? My thoughts here. Okay. I have, um, I've seen Maestro Oppenheimer and Poor Things. And all three of those are really pretty pictures. <laughs> They're really nice. Um, I think, I think the cinematography for Oppenheimer is going to win here. Um, Christopher Nolan, he just he understands a pretty picture and so this is um his cinematographer here so i would go with oppenheimer although i have heard really nice beautiful things about killers of the flower moon so i'd be i'm curious to hear your opinion on that um the only other thing here is that poor things is also a really pretty picture uh the cinematography is really 
uh, captivating in that film. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if that was the upset for here. So, uh, but I would put Oppenheimer here as your cinematographer winner. Oh, right. Nice. Skylar, Gary. what are your thoughts? Oh, all right. Switch your things up. <laughs> I like it. I like it. We got to keep you on your toes. I like it. Um, so I've also seen, as you know, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer. Uh, Poor Things, just from what I've seen of it visually, it looks astounding. Um, it has kind of like that um, fantastical element to it. So it, it almost kind of like reminds me of like a Tim Burton as far as the style That's goes. what I got to. That's yes. kind of the vibe I was getting, which is very beautiful. I think Tim Burton mm-hmm. does more of like the, the horror gothic element really well, whereas Poor Things looks a little bit more Fantasia-esque. So mm-hmm. um, I think, honestly, even though I haven't seen it, that's probably a really strong contender. Killers of the Flower Moon, beautiful film. It's it's mostly a lot of – there's not a whole lot of like any really remarkable shots other than – you know, some dancing, some more of the ceremonial aspect of the Osage Nation, which is very beautiful. Um, so I think from a historical context, I can understand why it's nominated to, to kind of demonstrate that culture on screen. Um, Maestro, I thought was really beautiful in kind of like their transition from black and white to color, which Oppenheimer also did really well. Um, but there's also some really unique shots um, that, that Bradley Cooper has as Leonard Bernstein or Bernstein. Um yeah, I think honestly, I'm with you, Christy. I think Oppenheimer is probably the clear favorite, just because of like the fact that you know Chris Nolan literally said we're going to reenact the atomic bomb testing and we're not going to use CGI at all. Like you know, when Christopher Nolan goes up to a podium or tells a reporter, "Hey, I don't use CGI," everyone's head exploded because everyone was like, <laughs> everyone was like, "Did he?" is he going to detonate an atomic bomb? What, how is he going to recreate this? You know, like everyone was, I was, I know my first thought was like, where did he detonate this bomb? Where did he find this bomb? Okay. What poor little nation got destroyed because of Christopher Nolan? He go, hold on. Um, Luckily that didn't happen. Um, And they used pyrotechnics. So it wasn't any, anything nuclear related. So, right. I think Oppenheimer wins just for that scene of the atomic bomb explosion. Honestly, it was visually stunning. Um, but I think that poor things might be a sleeper here. I do mm-hmm. visually. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm gonna keep it sweet. Um, I haven't seen any of these yet, but um, I've seen trailers for all of them um, except for um, El Conde. I haven't seen any trailers for that one. Um, but uh, from what I can tell, just looking at the trailers, um, Killers of the Flower Moon looks absolutely beautiful. Um, but I mean, come on. Scorsese, so that's expected. Um, Oppenheimer is easily the front runner, but like you all have said, I wouldn't be surprised if Poor Things kind of comes in as an underdog and kind of snatches it. Agreed, agreed. Moving on to directing, we have two more categories that we're going to be covering before we talk about our snubs. They are coming. Uh, We're going to talk about the best director category now. So this is the category for best directing. Our nominees are Anatomy of the Fall by Justin uh, Trite, Killers of the Flower Moon, Martin Scorsese, Oppenheimer, Christopher Nolan, Poor Things, Yorgos Lanthimos. The Zone of Interest, uh, Jonathan Glazer. All right, Christy, what are your thoughts? Okay, so 
my thoughts here is that this may go to poor thing. Um, just because of the direction that took place in having to do some of the scenes that happened. Um, and I think that having a strong director makes those scenes easier. So I would say that, that, that it should probably go there um, to poor things. But, but then again, we've been talking Oppenheimer all night. And so like, it's hard to say that it wouldn't be Oppenheimer here. Um, I don't know anything really about the zone of interest. And I know very little about uh, anatomy of a fall, but I think this is going to be Christopher Nolan or, or Yargos. Fair. Gary, what are your thoughts? Um, keep this short and sweet as well. This is a three-headed race, in my opinion. Uh, Killers of the Flower Moon, Oppenheimer, and Poor Things. Um, although I haven't seen any one of these, I have, again, heard great things about each one of them. But everyone knows I am a Christopher Nolan stooge. I will bet on Christopher Nolan every time and twice on a Saturday. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Christopher Nolan uh, for this one. But I wouldn't be surprised if... And I hate to say it, but I wouldn't be surprised if Scorsese snatches this one. All right. Um, I I agree with what both of you said. I think that this is Christopher Nolan's year. I think as many times as his films have been nominated, this is the one artsy one, right? Or I shouldn't say the one artsy one because all of his have an artistic element yeah. that is very unique to Christopher Nolan's style. But I think this one, because of the historical element to it, it's not a Dunkirk, it's not a war film, but it kind of mm -hmm. is. But it's about the really the end of humanity, if you will. It's it's about kind of like this is the weapon that can end the world, and you know Oppenheimer realized that towards the ends of his life. So for that, just there, there's such a perfect storm here mm -hmm. where. I think Oppenheimer is going to win many, many awards. And I think this is one of them. I think Christopher Nolan it has always been a fantastic director. I would have liked to see him win in this category for an Inception, an Interstellar, which I think were, were more visually appealing films in, in my opinion. But Oppenheimer, yeah. just just because of this is the perfect storm, this is this is Leo DiCaprio in The Revenant, where it's like, why is he winning for this? But it's just, it's the perfect storm of all these things happening around that actor yeah. that puts him in this position to win. And I think this is Christopher Nolan's year. That being said, I could see poor things winning, certainly. Uh, Martin Scorsese gets nominated every year, like every year, Martin Scorsese. Really I love you, Martin Scorsese, if you ever listen to this podcast. But... <laughs> Killers of the Flower Moon ain't it for me. The Irishman wasn't it for me. I'm sorry. Like I know that he he is Oscar and film royalty. It's it's him and it's Steven Spielberg, right? These are our yeah. godfathers. These are the Mount Rushmore of of current uh directors in Hollywood, along with like a Francis Ford Coppola. Mm -hmm. But this is Chris Nolan's year. And if they give it to Martin Scorsese, I swear to God, <laughs> I'm gonna be so mad because he shouldn't win it for Killers of the Flower Moon. <laughs> I didn't even talk about Anatomy of the Fall. I want to see it, but yeah, that's how I feel. Yeah. All right. 
the creme de la creme, the moment you have all been waiting for, the category to end all categories, so much so that you have to sit through over three hours of, <laughs> of, of Oscars and, and ads to finally get to the best picture. What's really cool, and we noticed it, and we noted it last year, is that Best Picture has been extended to 10 nominees now instead of the five, and that's, that's to give uh, you know blockbusters as well as other uh, indie films an opportunity to be nominated. So we have a long list of 10. Uh, Gary, you want to read us off? Yep. So first nominee for Best Picture, we have American Fiction. Uh, then we have Anatomy of a Fall. We have... Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and finally, The Zone of Interest. Christy, what are your thoughts? Okay. So, I have seen... um... Barbie, The Holdovers, Maestro, Oppenheimer, um, and Poor Things. Um, And I love me a good indie film. I really do. Um, However, I think this is a blockbuster year to win. Um, That's saying a lot because I'm definitely an indie movie. So I, uh, but I'm thinking this is a blockbuster year. And I, I want to give it to Barbie, but I can't because I really think it's Oppenheimer. I really think, I mean, we've been talking Oppenheimer all night long, but. It's a perfect really, storm. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I think, you know, for anybody who watches Christopher Nolan films, um, when you said, oh, this one seemed more artsy, I immediately went, oh my gosh, yeah. yes. <laughs> I don't know why, but it's a little less harsh. It's a little more, ah. <laughs> um, so I think this is this is going to be Christopher Nolan. Um, or, or this is going to be Oppenheimer. But I, again, I, I don't think Poor Things wins here. Because I don't think it's the best picture. Mm-hmm. I think it's got elements of the best picture, but I do not think it is a picture. So I don't think this is where it wins. And Christy, to add on to that, I know that this has been broken relatively recent in, in recent years, but that typically the best director also goes with the best picture. Do you think that happens this year? I do. I do. Mm. I think it Christopher Nolan and Oppenheimer this year. I think that's going to settle the Barbenheimer debate there. (laughs) You won the box office, but we won the awards. (laughs) That's what's going to happen here. (laughs) Gary, what are your thoughts? Nubs here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Um, So this one, I haven't seen most of these, but I have to – agree with Christy. I feel like it's going to be an Oppenheimer thing. But if I have to say so myself, I'm really praying and hoping that American fiction kind of sneaks away with it. Like, I haven't seen it. I've seen bits and pieces of it, but just based off of the cast, based off of the bits and pieces I have seen, 
it really has me hoping that it, you know, it kind of sneaks away with it and kind of like comes out from nowhere, you know, uh, for those of you who may be wrestling fans be like that RKO out of nowhere type of thing. Uh, but yeah, I agree with Christy. I feel like this is an Oppenheimer, uh, probably a sweep year for Oppenheimer. Okay. Um, out of these films, I, I wish I could say it's American fiction. Once again, to be honest, I haven't seen the film, but it looks great. And I love Jeffrey Wright. I would love to <laughs> love to see the film. Um, and I, I'm very happy that Barbie is nominated here. I think that when we talk about snubs, there's going to be several Barbie snubs, in my opinion. Um, but I'm happy that Barbie is nominated. I I think if this were a year without an Oppenheimer, if there was no Barbenheimer, there was just Barbie. Now, maybe the box office success isn't as great, but I think that Barbie would have a stronger chance, honestly. I think it would be kind of like one of those wacky years like last year was. I feel like last mm. year was kind of a, a wacky year, right, with right. everything everywhere all at once just kind of sweeping. And it was this quirky movie that I think is going to have a cult following for decades to come. But it was such an unusual film to win, and that's what made it so great. This is more of the kind of like, this is even though it's a blockbuster in Oppenheimer, it's still a very like, well, we're telling a story about war and it's about catastrophe and what have we done, right? Like it's it's very much that kind of year again for the Oscars. So yeah, I think I think this is Oppenheimer's year. I think uh, Chris Nolan wins Best Director and Oppenheimer wins Best Picture. Yep, I definitely agree with you on that. And now to follow that up with our snubs, because I got to hear Christy's snubs. I know she's got a list. I got to hear them. Right. So list them out, Christy. What are your snubs for what categories? What you got? Okay. So I, I did say some of them as we kind of went along. But um, oops. but uh, the color purple didn't get a whole lot of love. Um, and that was pretty surprising in my opinion. Um, I thought Taraji P. Henson was incredible. Now that category supporting actor, actress is stacked. We've talked about um, how many actors are in that role, but, but she was just phenomenal in that role. Um, and then it's not nominated for best picture either. Mm. So there was a rumor going around that it was number 11. Wow. On the list. <laughs> really? Wow. <That> was... <clears throat> yeah. So we'll see about that. <clears throat> um, and then I know we've got a top Greta Gerwig. Yes, we do. We do. We Being do. Not... <laughs> yeah. Not, not... Um, yeah. That, yeah. It's amazing to me how she gets her actors all nominated but she doesn't get nominated herself. It's like, do these actors direct themselves? No. Right. So was she nominated for Lady Bird? Um, I think she was it was little women that she was snubbed for. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I don't remember if she was nominated for Lady Bird before I wanna say yes, but um I know that Little Women was the big was one of the bigger snubs. Okay. Um, and now this one. Um, so that, that's a snub. I also thought that Bradley Cooper, uh, was snubbed as best director. That's fair. I, yeah, I would have put him in there because he, his, his performance was so great that I was just like, yes, 
Yes, director. How do you yes. how do you do both? Yeah, exactly. Like that's that's exactly. insane to me. Yeah. Exactly. How how does he do both? That's and he the, wrote it too. Jeez. Right. I don't, I don't know how you do all of that. Yeah. Well, because yeah. I don't know if, if you heard the story there, Christine, that Steven Spielberg was attached to direct it for the longest time. And then apparently Steven Spielberg saw like an early screening of A Star is Born and he leaned over to him and said, you're going to direct Maestro. <laughs> it's just like, can you imagine like Steven Spielberg like anointing you saying like, no, wow. I'm going to give this to you. It's like, wow, that's, that's huge. Wow. That's incredible. That is. Yeah. Um, quick point on uh, Lady Bird for Greater Gorwood. Uh, Gerwig, um, I just looked it up, and it doesn't look like she was nominated for that, which is crazy because Lady Bird was huge that year. Yeah, yeah. yeah, won a lot of other awards, but all right, they need to stop, you know, snubbing our girl Greta. Come on now, literally. I know. What is happening here? It's ridiculous. <laughs> um, and then I don't know how y'all feel about this, but this was a snub that I can't decide if I agree with or not. Is uh, Saltburn? being left out of every category it could, could possibly have fit in. I understand it. I understand <laughs> it. I haven't wait, seen wait, it. Wait, wait, wait till you get to my snubs because we'll talk about it. <laughs> okay. Okay, cool. Because it, that movie was was odd. But did, you, you saw it? Oh, okay, good. I did see it, yes. Yeah, yeah. Remember, I, war- I warned you about it, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I told I told her don't watch it with your parents. We're <laughs> gonna watch it. It was like my dad's reading it, and he's like reading, reading, and then all of a sudden it gets kind of quiet, and he's like, maybe this isn't a movie for us. <laughs> nope, 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 nope. Uh, but I did see it, and I I did think that the performances, the acting performances, were very strong. Agreed. Uh, and the movie itself was very interesting it, it gave me like a very knives out sort of feel and that was uh, the director of that film also wrote it and she's an actress i believe i gotta look her up Hold on. oh very cool wow yeah. uh, was- uh emerald uh, Fennell. she's an actress as well nice oh wow yeah so that's kind of those are where my snubs and stuff are <laughs> Um, I know we talked about Margot Robbie, but I just want to mention it again, how much I think she was definitely snubbed in her category. Yeah. A thousand because percent. I went, in, I went into Barbie with very low expectations because I was thinking that, you know, it wasn't going to be, it's it's based on a toy, right? right? So expectations were very low. So when I went in and saw it, I was just it, it was amazed how she was Barbie. She's not playing Barbie. She is Barbie. Yeah. It was so. Yeah. Hi, Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> Do you guys ever think about death? <laughs> <laughs> so great. So existential. That I was it. great. Yeah. Gary, what are some of your snubs? Um, I don't really have too many. Like I mentioned uh, earlier, I didn't really watch a lot of newer movies this year uh, or last year, but um, I have to. No, definitely echo um, Greta Gerwig should have been nominated for uh, director uh, just because that move. I didn't go into Barbie expecting much like you, Christy. Um, but then I left out of that movie realizing like not only was it entertaining and there were some moments where it did get a little preachy, but I was able to forgive it with the amount of heart 
and with the amount of fun I had with this uh, movie. So the fact that she wasn't nominated, at least, you know, definitely completely, utterly disrespectful, in my opinion. And then, you know, I also have seen so many people making thesis statements and dissertations about why Margot Robbie shouldn't have been nominated for Barbie. And I'm just like, did you watch the movie? Did you watch the movie? Like, at the end of the day, Margot Robbie was absolutely phenomenal. Like, I honestly, for a moment, really thought she was kind of slow, just based off of the way that her performance was. But, you know, seeing how she really progressed and became much more of a whole character throughout the rest of the film, um, and to go from the ditzy blonde to this empowered woman at the end, to me, that you can't you can't snub that. And so she definitely deserved uh, to be nominated for her uh, for her role. And honestly, I'll go out on a limb and this will be the hill I die on. If she was nominated, she, probably, she most likely would have won, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. I would say that, too. What you got, Skylar? Okay. Uh, I got a few. I got a few. Um, I want to talk about cinematography first because you guys know how I feel about it. Uh, <laughs> cinematography to me is, I think, if I wasn't an actor, I would love to just be like, like, like a DP, I would love to like help that. Like I would, I have not, I don't, I wouldn't say like I have an eye for it, but like I appreciate those that have the eye that can, you know, have that perfect shot, that stunning image that kind of sticks with you. Um, so I want to talk about that. I think that I do agree, Christy, that Saltburn was snubbed from every category, uh, but particularly um, in cinematography, I think visually Saltburn is a beautiful film. Um, it has some really just great backdrops of the kind of manner that they're in. Um, really memorable. And I, I can think of like several films that like have been nominated, you know, but because maybe it was a different director or there was slightly different content that it, it would have been nominated. So I don't know how much of that was related that it's like, Oh, who is this director, actor, writer that's doing this movie? But it should have been um, because it even came around like in November of last year, which is like prime Oscar season for releases. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it didn't. I'm a little surprised. I saw this movie. I couldn't finish it because I fell asleep, to be honest. <laughs> but I'm a little surprised that Wes Anderson's Asteroid City didn't get nominated. Mm-hmm. That was a summer release. So it was a little early, uh, whereas most of the Oscar bait, as we know, comes out in the fall. But I'm surprised like Wes Anderson was snubbed this year. Like Wes Anderson's movies always get nominated. Always. It's yeah. crazy to me that Asteroids, I mean, Asteroid City had Scarlett Johansson and Tom Hanks and yeah. uh, God, who else? Who else are we talking about here? We had Tom Hanks. We had Jeffrey Wright. We had Edward Norton. We had Brian yeah. Cranston. Like it, was had a, it had Maya Hawk and Jason Schwartzman. Like how does this movie not get, I'm very surprised, honestly, because this to me is like the biggest Oscar bait film as far as like who it is, Wes Anderson, the type of films that he makes, right? Very artsy, um, unique backdrops, that kind of stuff. And that this film didn't receive any nominations or at least any major nominations. Mm. That surprised me. I, I would say it's a snub probably visually because I, I do enjoy how Wes Anderson's films look. And from when I saw the film, that kind of the high saturation, I enjoyed it. So I, I would say that's a snub for Asteroid City uh, in cinematography. I'm I'm gonna say this, and and Gary, this this is where I'm gonna lose Chrissy. But Gary, you hear me? <laughs> we talked about this when we reviewed it. You can say what you will, 
about action blockbusters, John Wick Chapter 4. Yep. John yep. Wick Chapter 4 was a beautiful movie. I don't think it – and hear me out, Christy. I don't think that movie should have been nominated for anything else but cinematography. Yeah, that was I, – yeah. I personally think that there should be a fight choreography or a fight director um, Oscar. I think that there's several really outstanding chore- choreographers in, in Hollywood that, that need to be recognized. And so I think there should mm-hmm. be a category for them. But since there isn't, we're talking about what is – I absolutely think that just how beautiful the set pieces were in John Wick Chapter 4. I mean, that opening scene in the hotel, kind of the, the panning shot across where they're all pulling out their swords. The the green and the red uses of the lighting were stunning yeah, and beautiful. Beautiful. Um, the, the scene, you know, of the rain in the club, like it was – to me, it, it reminded me of a Greg Frazier shot that entire mm. movie. And it wasn't a Greg Fraser film because he did Dune and he did the Batman and he was nominated for Dune and he won for Dune. It reminded me of a Greg Fraser picture. It was beautiful. And like I said, it's a blockbuster action film. It's a Keanu Reeves action film. So you don't think about that. I know the Academy is not thinking about that. Right. But I think this is where the Academy needs to realize if we're going to start recognizing superhero films, if we're going to start giving Christopher Nolan his flowers and say, no, he doesn't just do blockbusters. He creates visually stunning things as well then we should also acknowledge that some of these action films can also be beautiful. And they might not have Oscar-worthy acting performances, but they do have beautiful imagery. And Mm. I think out of all the John Wick films, just the shots of Paris, the shots in New York, that overhead shot, shot, it is probably the most visually stunning action film I've ever seen. So Mm -hmm. I think John Wick Chapter 4 was snubbed in that category. And I would also say that I know that there's a separate a separate category for animation, but like voice actors aren't ever nominated for their performances at the Oscars. Neither are the artists that design these animations. Mm. Yeah. I think that, and I mean, maybe they're all recognized if they their, their category wins for best animation. I don't know. They probably do still get an Oscar. But I think cinematography should apply to animated films to a degree. I think... Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse, as I mentioned with how how beautiful the paint and the pastels were and a lot of the imagery was stunning. It was beautiful. People had to create that. An entire team had to build that. That is not recognized at all. In fact, it's only recognized in the you know best animated film category, which is like one category to cover all of the elements of that film to me is unfair. I think it should be nominated, in my opinion, for cinematography. Greta Gerwig, you you guys took the words out of my mouth completely, so I won't harp on that, but she was absolutely snubbed for Barbie. Margot Robbie, absolutely snubbed for Barbie. In fact, one of my favorite things that came out after the nominees were released was that viral uh, status that someone had updated or viral post that someone had said where it's like, you know, Ken being nominated for an Oscar over Barbie is literally what the plot of Barbie is about. (laughs) The fact that Barbie wasn't nominated, but Ken was like, are we, are we serious right now? And they were right. Yeah. So may, maybe the Academy was doing this in jest. I don't know, but I absolutely think that Margot Robbie should have been uh, nominated. Mm-hmm. I think for best picture cinematography, and I would say best actor Saltburn was snubbed. My opinion, mm. Saltburn was not a perfect movie. It's very graphic. It's very visceral. I think what I enjoyed the most about it, it was a very visceral film. Like there's some really graphic sexuality in it that I personally was like turned away at. But at the same time, I'm like, 
but I can't help but you know, <laughs> you know like I, I was just, I was drawn to it. It was very visceral. And I think we talked about this last year with the winners, uh, Christy. And I know that I had mentioned that I didn't think he should have been nominated. I'm eating my words. Barry, <laughs> Barry Keoghan, I, I'd probably be butchering his last name, but the Irish actor, Barry Keoghan, who played Oliver Quick in Saltburn as the lead, Ollie, was fan-fucking-tastic. He was amazing in this film, the way he transformed from two different sides of Ollie that we see, that it becomes a murder mystery later in the film. And you're like, holy, I was not expecting us to go there, but it did. Um, he was phenomenal. And the fact that he was not nominated was ridiculous. Jacob uh, Elaridi, who played Felix Catton, uh, the fact that he wasn't nominated for a supporting actor. These are all shocking things to me because these were very, very strong performances, as you mentioned, Christy. But I think Barry Keoghan, his performance in uh, The Banshees of Inishirin, he was nominated for, Barry Keoghan. He should have been nominated for that. I stand by that. But he absolutely should have been nominated for, for Saltburn. I think it is highway robbery that he wasn't. He deserves to be in that category. Alongside Paul G- if fucking Paul Giamatti can get nominated... <laughs> <laughs> Barry Keegan should have been nominated. Um, and I'm going to stand by that. Saltburn was robbed of several categories. And I don't think that's fair. Um, mm. uh, yeah, that's that's my long spiel. I know I've been talking a lot. But no, I, I do think that there was there's, – there's always snubs, right? But yeah. I think Greta Gerwig, big. Margot Robbie, big. Barry Keegan, big. And like give some freaking respect to an action movie that looks beautiful. If if Tom Cruise can get Maverick nominated at the Best Picture last year because he saved Touché. cinema, then give, you know, Across the Spider-Verse its flowers and give John Wick its flowers because yeah. not every John Wick film is beautiful, but this one was. Just saying. I actually did see John Wick 4 and I do agree with you. <laughs> Cinematographer for John Wick Chapter 4 was Dan Loutson. And Dan, I'm sorry you were snubbed, sir. You deserve your flowers. Yeah. Uh, he he was the cinematographer for The Shape of Water, for Nightmare mm. Alley, for Crimson Peak. And he decides to do John Wick Chapter 4 just for That's fun, crazy. I guess. But we know, he was, <laughs> we know he was nominated for Nightmare Alley, Crimson Peak, I'm sure. Shape of Water like won all the Oscars that year. The fact right. that he did all these movies and then does John Wick Chapter 4 and the Academy's like, nah, go ahead and do like another Shape of Water and we'll think about it. It's disrespectful. <laughs> It's disrespect. Yeah, that's what I have. That's to say a valid point. <laughs> Everyone deserves their flowers. I don't care what you think of the movie; they deserve their flowers. Agree. Okay, as we wrap up this <laughs> very long episode, and I appreciate you bearing <laughs> with us. Thank you for staying with us, Christy. We're happy to have you. No, Do you this have- is great. Do you have any final thoughts? We're obviously going to talk about the winners and we all might be pleasantly surprised by who wins. I'm sure there's going to be some shocking moments because there always is. Let's hope there's not another slap. I really hope there's not another slap. Let's hope. But Let's hope not. What are your final thoughts on this year's Oscars, Christy, before we talk again? So I think there's a decent mix of independent and blockbusters this year. Hmm. The A little bit of a mix. Um, as far as your best picture nominees and your actor nominees. Um, but I, I think it's going to be an Oppenheimer year. Um, but I would not be surprised 
at all if poor things kind of snuck in there in some of the smaller categories. Absolutely. Yeah. Gary, your final thoughts? Um, honestly, I'm excited for this upcoming Oscars uh, season. Uh, like Chrissy said, like it's a really good mix of uh, indie films and big blockbuster films, uh, which has me excited because, you know, I love big block, big blockbuster films, but I'm also a screenwriter myself. And so, you know, those indie films are what gets people like me opportunities uh, to work on some of those bigger blockbuster films. So, you know, to see some of these people who may have written, you know, a film like Poor Things or uh, even Past Lives, you know, one of the, one of those that was, you know, recommended. And it's like, that's nice to see. So um, I'm excited to see, you know, how this all unfolds. I'm excited to see who all wins. I also agree with Chrissy. I feel like Oppenheimer is going to really just kind of take home a lot of awards, um, which is both bittersweet because, you know, again, Christopher Nolan fan, but at the same time, I'm always pulling for the, for the little guy too. So uh, just excitement right now. So uh, I can't wait. Very fair. Um, you guys have basically heard all my thoughts. Uh, but <laughs> I, uh, I think that this is a, a strong Oscar season. It's not one of my favorites. I think last year was by far my favorite, just even leading up to it, just because of all the hype behind everything everywhere all at once um, was so special and so mm-hmm. like grounded in like, you know, this is our weird year. You know, we're, this yeah. is a weird movie. We embrace that. We're going to do a weird dance at the Oscars. It's going to be great. And and they had such, you know, the, the everything bagel, you know. Right. It, it was it was such a, a special year last year that I think it, it would have been hard to top this year regardless of what films mm-hmm. came out. But, yeah, I, I agree with you guys. I think it's, it's going to probably be a clear sweep for Oppenheimer. And I think Martin Scorsese might go home a little frustrated because I don't really <laughs> – I don't really see Killers of the Flower Moon winning in that many categories just because of their competition. But mm-hmm. I do hope Lily Glad or Lily Gladstone wins. Um, and yeah, I think that this is a, a kind of a unique year in that sense where it could be a sweep for Oppenheimer. It could be kind of torn between uh, poor things as well. But yeah, yeah. Disappointed by some of the snubs, but th- those always happen. And um, I certainly look forward to hearing the winners and we can all talk about it afterwards. Definitely. Yeah. 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 Excellent. But before we go, Christy, do you want to share with the people, uh, anything that you're currently working on social media handles? What would you like to tell the people? Um, well, we are working on 24 hour theater at the uh, American theater in Hampton where we and writers and the night before and we they draw their themes and then the next day the actors get the scripts and off they go with their directors and then that night uh we get a show so we're looking forward to that that's happening in march and um yeah that's really the big thing that we have going on right now and this is hampton virginia hampton virginia yeah that sounds hectic <laughs> this should be a lot of fun. <laughs> so, anyone in the Virginia area listening, go check out this 24 hour festival in Hampton. It sounds like a great time. Christy yeah. is a master at her craft. So, I would definitely, I wish I was in the area to be able to see it. Same. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you yeah. both. 
Uh, but we're really happy to have you, Christy, longtime mm-hmm. friend of the show. Once again, we will have you back uh, in just a few short weeks after <laughs> the Oscars, and we'll talk some more. Uh, and that will just about do it. This is our primer for the 2024 Oscars. Uh, we didn't cover all the categories, but we did uh, take our time with some of the major ones. Uh, there are many, many other categories. I know we didn't discuss writing, which absolutely Gary and, and Christy, you guys are screenwriters. You, you write your own scripts. We, we should have talked about it, uh, but we'll definitely talk about those winners uh, after the fact uh, because there were for many films that we did discuss in detail tonight. Uh, But otherwise, everyone, thank you for listening. Tune in after March 10th. The Oscars for 2024 are March 10th. So make sure you tune in that Sunday. And as always, I'm Skylar. And I'm Gary. And this has been the Nerds Inc. Podcast. We will talk to you guys next time.